1: Guys, it's so good to be here Saturday morning uh, with breakfast with champions. Make sure you're following the club. There's a little green house in the upper right hand corner that you're gonna want to follow. Um, I'm here every Saturday morning with uh, Brian Benstock. I hear Brian already ready to <laughs> ready to, to to jump in. So Brian, good morning.
2: Good morning, Shark. How are you, Mr. Shark?
1: Shiro? linebacker all the good stuff well it's great to be here and i did i had a good week off got some sun now i'm back in new jersey it's 56 degrees and um i'm back with my friends here at clubhouse and i love this conversation uh how do so many people settle for average what brought that one to mind brian
2: well you know you look at mediocrity and i you know i I'm pressing it with my guys at work all the time. And I just see people that feel like looking at me like, we're good, man, we're good. What the heck's this guy going on about? And, you know, sometimes um, as a a coach, you see things in your people that they don't see in themselves. And, you know, so the, the challenge is to try and get them to see it in themselves, right? To lead them to discover that there's more there for yourself and for your family. And here's the path to go on. And, you know, I go back to, uh, I, had, I had a coach, Dan Karanuk, who told me many years ago, B, not everybody wants it. And I, it was so, you know, I couldn't get my head around that. He said, not everybody wants the, the big house with the white picket fence and a swimming pool in the backyard. And, I, you know, and I, I'm, I can be argumentative. And I was, no, that's not true. And I came to realize that he's right, that many people just are content. Let me get through the day. And let me go home, have a cocktail, beer and go watch television under the covers. And, you know, when I see that in people that I really um, love, trust, and respect, it's frustrating. So that's really what, where, where the genesis of this uh, came from. It was just really to, to let everybody know that there's so much more there, and we've got to be on the lookout for mediocrity and average at all times, because average is just not a place any of us want to be.
1: I think it's a great Great conversation, and you know, yesterday I'm for all those that don't know, and I did not pin the link this morning because I have some something really exciting to share with everyone that I'm doing with Sharon Lecter in two weeks. But um, I launched a 90 day summer series, which started March 1st and went until Memorial Day, and it was a 90 day commitment to work out every single day for 30 days. And Brian and I do you know do line on this is that working out exercise. Is more than just a, a great body. It's all about a mindset. It's a discipline, and when you do something consistently every single day, the outcomes aren't just your body is fit and your you know you've got this great level of fitness, but your your mind becomes stronger. Your confidence is el- elevated. Your clarity, your focus you know all these elements of your life are are the byproduct. of of exercising every single day so i launched this 90-day summer series it's something that i've actually been doing you know in my own way i don't know for i, I don't know a, two decades i don't know where march kicks in and where everybody else has new year's resolutions in january mine kicks in in march and i'm like well what i do now predicates yeah, my summer
3: ego pure
2: ego leading into the summer you don't want to get caught fat on the beach so uh, yeah so, <laughs> and maybe it's something to that but, but the, no but there is spring is a season of it's rebirth. renewal I, yeah, it, yeah, it really, really is, it really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. so you hit the reset button you say hey girl time to get back get back in the game and doesn't it feel good i, I want to go back to what you were saying before though exercise this is yeah. not ego driven this is not about having that body uh you know that's a byproduct of it the other things you were talking about the endorphins that get released the brain the 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 cleansing of the body the the efficiency Of the cells to get rid of toxins to to get things moving along in the factory you know your body gets clogged with toxins with food particles with with waste with dis-ease and you know i I, there's a lot of evidence supporting that exercise helps that process helps those things along helps things that are clogged to be unclogged and you know it's not the be all end all but it's certainly a great step in the right direction and those those things get released in the brain to get the brain going and flowing. Uh, You know, I I can't describe the first time that I got that like runner's high, which is reserved at a certain level of distance, right? It's not a mile, Uh, you know, it was like 16 or 17 miles. And all of a sudden the pain uh, and the uh, fatigue disappeared. It disappeared. And it was like no feeling that I've had in in exercise that, oh my God. (laughs) And I I said, why is this reserved for this distance? And there's a reason for it, right? You've got to push to get there. It's not something you go out and walk a half a block that you're gonna get. And again, not to say that you can't feel better walking a short distance, not to say you can't feel better on a two or three mile run, you can, but there's something magical about getting to that that place. And whether that's in running or whether that's in uh, other cardio uh, exercise, that release there I think is incredibly uh, empowering and beneficial.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And in the summer, it's not just about looking good for me. It's, it's more of a feeling of my birthday is April 22nd. So mark your calendars next Friday um, is my birthday. Earth day is my birthday. And i just always thought like you know what this i'm coming in strong this year i want to show up on my birthday so i had this kind of mind game or uh, just something that just always triggered in march but the reason i launched it brian was um i thought you know why don't i just do this with a group because i know it's one of the strategies of sticking sticking to something and i kind of wanted to challenge myself and i found in these accountability groups that i would launched last summer there was a certain sense of community that i really loved so anyway we're on day 47 today 40 we're we we're halfway through and it's been going great i have like i'm like i've i didn't realize how much i was gonna love this until i've really been knee deep in it absolutely loving the group loving the results but wait hold hold on just one second what happened yesterday was i flew back um two two days ago from saint martin and I was fine, I worked out that morning, I worked out every day on vacation, I posted, I did the things that I committed to. Yesterday, I was <laughs> exhausted. My three kids came back, we had a couple little hiccups in the fam bam, and I. they were like, we wanna head down, they, they wanted to head down to the shore, and it was just chaos, and I was like, I am exhausted, I don't wanna do it. And I had read this great quote, and it's so good, and I've read it before, and I say it all the time, but sometimes you just need to hear it, and they they ask somebody what how do you stay motivated and the answer is i don't stay motivated i stay consistent and i say stay committed and those are two decisions that i'm in full authority and jurisdiction on it was 9 30 last night and I was like I there's no reason at all that I can't put on my sneakers and go for a walk it's all in my head remember we talked last week your mind fatigues before the body and I just I have this sense of like we there's one Mulligan in the 90 days I'm like I'm not using the Mulligan just because I'm a little grumpy from coming back from a beautiful trip and I got out and I walked and the thing is I got out. And I told myself I'm gonna go listen to some music I'm going to do the things because I want the things. And when you persevere through that mental, like that mental fatigue and you do the things that you set forth, that's where you build. Hey, hey Barb, how, many, how many
2: minutes, how many minutes into that walk before you yeah. started to feel, I'm so happy I'm out here.
1: Uh, that's a really great question. I within four yeah, minutes, and, and I was like, I'll wow, say, this I'll air feels great. Because I know, yes.
2: I know the experience as a runner. I don't want to not do this uh, yeah yeah and then you, and then you start negotiating with yourself okay i'll do it later on and and then the, no it's just that goggins put your shit on and let's go get out there and within a couple of minutes uh the the piano wire starts to stretch out and you say to yourself thank god i'm here there's nothing better right than being done uh and the only way to be done is to get going uh so you know I, without us uh discussing it i just knew there is that point uh where you feel and, and that's a it's a little callousing. that's a little building of that discipline muscle when you do that that little you know the, the best workouts tend to be the ones you didn't want to do but you did them anyhow even if you have to go through the motions because there's some something about the motion that causes emotion that causes you to stick it out and you remember that hey remember the last time i didn't feel like doing this and you know and a mulligan should be saved for you know, uh, you got to go pick up one of your kids, <laughs> COVID. You got to pick up one of your kids from something and you get an emergency call. Hey, mom, I'm stuck here. And, and yeah, whatever, you know, I mean, and, that, and that's, and for most of us, that's just, you know, an excuse that we make to not be able to get stuff done. And, well, and
1: agreed. And in, in line with this conversation of, you know, not settling for average when you do something and you're not in the mood and the mind fatigues before you really need to to give out, you're building these intrinsic muscles that really do build confidence, that you can trust yourself. Hey, and hey, self-confidence. You me, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt
2: you uh, before I forget my translation. You know, I, I didn't tell you. I had a conversation with Dan.
1: Wait, my Dan? Yeah. Okay. Oh, God.
2: Isn't that scary, right? And, and I said, Dan, so tell me about Barbara. And he said, she's really, really average
1: he's now, in the audience wait, what? <laughs> no no I, i'm i'm i'm
2: kidding i'm kidding but could you imagine right right if dan actually said that right mm-hmm. uh, or if anybody said that about us how's your husband oh he's you no, know, he's wonderfully average what <laughs> and, and and so why is average the standard that so many of us accept in so many different aspects of our life you know and, and if you look at average in anything right Uh, would you be content with the average income? You know, and I don't know what it is today, but it's always some number when I see it, it's shockingly low, you know, and it's changed, I guess since the last time I looked at the data, but it's shockingly low. So why would you accept average? Why would you accept being called average at your job? What's the average uh, player in in major league sports earn major league baseball? The average is shockingly low. If you take everybody that's a professional getting paid to play baseball, the average is somewhere in the $60,000 range. Wait, wait, I, I don't agree with that. Well, whether you agree or you don't, that's about the average. You know, the minor league ball players are earning $20,000 a year. The majority of people in the major leagues that are not superstars are earning not great money. And the average is incredibly low. Whether you t- take the average musician, you think the average musician, and you think about a rock star. And then when you realize the average musician is playing at Aunt Betsy's bar mitzvah on Tuesday night for, for $2,000, you realize the average income of that is, is not great. And, and if we're talking about average, how, how is Barbara? She's smart, she's average. You don't wanna hear that. Because God you know, knows. the average person's intelligence, <laughs> average, I don't wanna call it average. So, you know, I, I think when, when you start looking at the standard like that, you start to become very um, uncomfortable with
1: average yeah no and i think that's right and um i kind of laughed about that like <laughs> i don't think i don't think dan would describe me that way well, but no, no, um, I, I certain, I certainly put... not which is why i use
2: that example <laughs> I right i mean if i said how's barbara's uh physical fitness average you know that, that's not you at all but you know to say that some some of us would be comfortable with average and it's it's that discomfort being discomfort uncomfortable with being average that causes someone to give themselves that kick in the butt that they need you know when, when you hear somebody's honest uh, position or opinion of you and it's described in a way like that and you say well that's not right and you get angry initially at the comment and then you start looking at and you see that the truth in something you disagree or the possibility of something you disagree but you know i am performing in an average way here I, I i could i can do better is that your best was that your best and uh all too often it's not
1: yeah no and i think i read this book uh but i I probably bring this up every other week but it was by deepak chopra called the seven spiritual laws of success and i always talk about you know practice not judgment but this morning what's hitting me right now is one of them is about Dharma and what Dharma is is that we all have this unique greatness within eat resides within each one of us that is you un- a unique gift and a superpower of sorts and it's a matter of using that great gift figuring out what that what that is and using it in service of others and I think just over time people get beaten down and they don't see that that gold anymore you know it's like that statue of the buddha where it was covered in mud for a hundred you know thousands of years and then they started to chip away and it was only covered in mud because they wanted to protect it from invaders but underneath was this beautiful gold and i do i think that we don't realize that the the mud that we surround ourselves in our golden superpower and preventing us from not you know not really expressing our highest expression of ourselves is because it, we've just gotten you know things have gotten a little dusty things have challenged challenge us but like just i was talking about you know when you set you, you set these goals the key is understanding that motivation is is an emotion it's very fleeting it's like cotton candy it's going to come and go it's going to ebb and flow and it's going to inspiration motivation they're 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 temporary guests they're not they're not marriage material <laughs>
2: I think they're kindling on a fire, right? And, and they're important. They're important, but it, it just gets the fire going, you know, motivation, uh, it, watching something, listening to someone and getting turned on is the spark. And, and then it's that kindling has to ignite something deeper inside of you. And that kindling is going to go out quickly. So you can't miss the opportunity when you get that spark, that motivation to do something and do something right away because that kindling will not last long and when that kindling goes out then it's going to be the next fix and if you start getting attracted to addicted to the kindling you're never going to get that you know deep fire and barbara i don't know uh you, you seem like a fireplace kind of person but when 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 you get a fire going and those big logs have started to burn and now you're putting bigger logs on and the big logs disintegrate into white coal underneath the fire you've got something that'll last for a very long time. And I, I think that's the, the benefit of getting yourself going, getting that kindling to just kickstart you and then get the, the medium-sized logs to go. And then you put the big suckers on there and then they go and you've got a fire that'll last you, you know, a, a good long time. And I think it's such, that's the same thing with progress. The kindling is not enough. Running around like a, a maniac going, yeah,
0: let's go, come on, guys, that,
2: that's wonderful. Now what, someone's gonna do the work you've got to you know you've got to engage that clutch you got to put that clutch in gear come up off off the clutch and, and get rolling and then once you get rolling and you know everything with me is uh automotive related but first gear uh, you can't drive around in first gear you'll blow up the engine you've got to use first gear to get the wheels turning once they get turning boom you shift into second gear you get a little bit more traction a little bit more efficiency once you've got some speed now you pop it into third gear and each of the ro- rotation of the gears takes you a little bit further until you get in fourth and fifth and and so on and I think such is life
1: yeah and you know clutch down I always say clutch down let's let's gear up but I don't know that the next generation understands how to drive a six-speed you know something that's true that's hitting landing with me in this conversation is somebody reached out to me in the back channels and they said I just love how confident you are and I thought that I just had to sit with that for a second and I was like, don't mistake
4: my. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening
1: to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more
4: about the five ways you can change the way you start your day
1: confidence for courage. I believe I have a lot of courage that is expressed as being confidence that the confident that I put myself out there. And my confidence comes when you know I show up for myself like I did with that, you know, last night, going for for a walk when I just didn't feel like your
2: confidence comes from competence. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: when you have competence, you have confidence. And so when I speak uh, about subjects that I know something about, I, I, I can speak with a level of confidence because I believe in those areas. I'm competent. You know, I've seen what happens when you don't do this. I see the products of decay, and you can get away with it for a day or two, and there's no you know negative impact. You know, whether it's eating a Snickers bar or a Twinkie, you know, have one. It's no big deal. Two, it's you know, okay three now we're, we're working on that sugar addiction, addiction and i know where that's going to lead to because i've been around it i've been that guy and it's the same thing with, with when we're talking about sales and I, you know i'm always the guy that's pissing everybody off when things are great saying uh oh i'm nervous i'm nervous because it's too easy and when it's too easy uh it's not sustainable and you know and that's my, my Acura store is going through that right now these guys are coasting along coming in when they wanna come in, leaving a little early and and all that wonderful stuff. And the numbers were still good. And I'm like, how long, you can't be that naive guys. How long do you think that's gonna last? And all of a sudden we got a little availability and the other dealers got a little bit of availability. All of a sudden we started to lose that, uh, the altitude that we had. And, and, And now the guys are digging in a little bit and it's so hard to get momentum back. When Mo leaves your team, it is so hard to get Mo back on the team. And and so it's never take these things for granted. When things are easy, it's time to make them more difficult by doing more, increasing your capacity so that you're always, always striving, always grinding, always working.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, you know, um, back to the space about, you know, confidence and having the courage to kind of put yourself out there and then getting to that level of competency, You, it's all a a mix that makes the perfect cake. You can't have one without the other. You don't get to competency without choosing courage. And the reason I bring up courage in alignment with uh, confidence is because you have to choose and believe to be courageous and be okay with not being excellent your first time at bat because you're not supposed to be. We have all these unrealistic expectations.
2: Yeah, man, that's spot on. And that'll be part of the nine o'clock hour, but yeah the expect that you're gonna do something once and be good at it or great at it is seems to be the fodder that today's youth is being fed on, on Instagram. Let me watch this one minute uh, Instagram highlight reel and I'm gonna be an expert on that subject and it's just not gonna happen. And I'm sorry to burst the snowflake bubbles, but that's just not how you get the level of uh, competence required to excel. Competence comes from, uh, you know, I think the best I can figure in the best math I've heard, it's about 10,000 hours of dedication to a particular craft uh, or endeavor about 10,000 hours that's not three minutes, that's not eight minutes, it's not 17 minutes of YouTube, it's, it's about 10,000 hours. And yeah, I know we all know the guy or the gal that did it in 6,000 hours. Okay, uh, assume you're not that person, it's going to take that dedication to get to mastery, which is a wonderful place to be. Mastery, and when you get to mastery, Now you can have an influence and an impact on the game and change the game for the world. You know, look at Elon Musk. And we say, oh, my God, guys, so he's brilliant at what he does. But you you take a look at the steps that this man's gone through, and he keeps increasing his capacity. And as he uh, keeps increasing his capacity, he sets even more audacious goals. He knows the next step after an audacious goal is failure. And he fails, and then he learns, and then he sets an even bigger goal. And, and you know, so many of our colleagues, friends, associates today, don't want the ingredients uh, that, that it takes to make a cake. Ingredient number two is failure. And so if you're not failing, you're in no danger of succeeding. Because failure is an ingredient in success.
1: Oh, I, that's exactly where I was taking this. I think because we have this perception that when you're supposed to come out of the gate, you're supposed to hit it out of the park. You're supposed to be proficient, and there isn't a person in any space in any way, whether they're you know creators on social media platforms, they're television personalities, they're salespeople. The first time out of the gate, it's all it's always awkward, and you have to have the courage to keep going. But we have something called FOPO, which is the fear of other people's opinions. And it really, it took my whole world going sideways for me to really evaluate that I've just cared so much about what other people thought. Even when I got into television, I was like, wow, what are people going to think? Because I've got to go, you know, I probably have to start at the ground level and run coffee for some 25 year old producers. What are people going to think? and when i heard myself say that to myself i was like did i just say that because i don't know when the when other people's opinions put food on my table and i don't know when other people's opinions made me happy or or filled my heart i don't you know i had this moment of true clarity i'm like wait i don't care <laughs> i that's not that is not going to feed my soul it's not going to feed my belly that's not going to teach my kids about picking yourself up reinvent. It's going to, t- it's, it serves nothing. Wait, the other people's opinions do not put food on my table. So I was like, all right, you know what? I always want to be on television and I have to run coffee for a 25 year old producer that just graduated college and who's, who's still on their parents' health insurance. Well, meanwhile, I have three kids survived cancer, a divorce and have, uh, you know, years of scaling, uh, scaling businesses. <laughs> I'm running that damn coffee and I'm going to be the best, coffee runner that is out there because i don't care i wanted i i took a step back and i was like what are what's my end game what do i want what are my goals well i want to be on television i want to learn tv and i don't know how to be on tv i've never been on television i've never i wasn't into social media at all at that point and it was this mentality of like i have to learn and i have to get good and the only way i'm going to get good Is I have to do the things, and I'm probably going to make a lot of mistakes. And even when I go on television today, you know, listen, I'm not as nervous as I was, and I'm just more, more comfortable. And I don't care if I make mistakes because I'm like, well, then I have something to talk about on Clubhouse. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's really getting comfortable and recognizing that your own internal dialogue, which does revolve around how you perceive other people perceiving you, can be very detrimental to you know what you want to achieve. So if you look at what you want, that's part of the equation. That's part of the the cake you just talked about, which is you have to be able to fail. You have not fail. I don't want to use that word. You have to be able to not be proficient and excellent, and because you don't deserve it yet, you just you haven't earned the right, and you shouldn't have that kind of like expectation because it's unrealistic. You should have the expectation that through consistency and commitment, I will learn the things I need to learn to get to what I want and be okay with you know what not you know not being you know the best at something and for me it was like just taking just hearing myself say that isn't that terrible like oh my god what are people gonna say I was like oh my god what when what <laughs> did I say that did I have that did I do I care and does that land for anybody does anybody else have those moments and I'm happy to open hey Alvin I just actually invited you up there I'm um, Welcome to the conversation. Anybody hey, else? Hey, and
2: Bob, why again? are you doing that? Reset the room. Reset the room and invite some people to share. Let's. Uh, I think you're, you're covering some great ground, and I think it's uh, it'd be great if you brought more people to the party.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, no. Great. Yeah. Hey,
2: Sorry. Barbara. Could I, I? Hey, jump can in? you hold
1: on just one second, um, David? I'm going to go ahead and reset the room. You guys are in breakfast with champions, and we're talking about why do so many people settle for average. Um, please follow the club, and in the lower left-hand corner, there's a little box, and there's an arrow coming out of it. Right now, we only have 97 shares in the hallway. If you click on that, oop, 98, uh, and share it to your hallway, more people can come in and join this conversation. Um in the, you know, in the later half of this half hour, we'll open up the opportunities for not, 335 there,
0: now, people in here. We got 98. Let's shares. go. Is tired? This is Dan. Ten, Dan, up. Mercedes. Come on, come on. Say what you got to say.
2: They're selfish. They don't want
1: to share. I'm sharing. I'm sharing. (laughs) Sharing is caring. Exactly that. I just heard Mercedes on mic. Thank you. Um, And I also want to share I I posted a link up at the top, and it's all in line with why do many people settle for for average? And I want to share this really quick. Um, I'm going to be speaking at the Think and Grow Rich. I've had it pinned up for the last half hour, and I keep forgetting to chat about it. Um, I'll be speaking in Vegas alongside Sharon Lecter, who co-wrote the the genius behind Rich Dad Poor Dad. She just re- wrote another best-selling book called Exit Rich. I couldn't be more excited to speak in this uh, conversation because it all is about. Building that mindset that we're talking about this morning, which it is, it all starts without the right mindset. You're, 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 to you have to have the right mindset. So anyway, I talk a lot about getting out of your own way and living your best life because I believe that we all have sabotaging beliefs or limiting beliefs or self-limiting beliefs that until we take inventory of them, we can't fix it. If you don't know it's broken, you can't fix it. But when we take stock, just like I talked about just now, which when you hear yourself say, oh my goodness, what are other people going to think? And you listen to that voice or voices like that, you can change, you can change that conversation and when you change the things that you say to yourself it affects your actions your behaviors and your outcomes so this conversation would be amazing if you are in Vegas I hope you will join me I will be speaking on April 30th um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it I forget it's at the Sterling so you guys can click on that link and if you don't see the link up at ta at the top you can just um, DM me and I will send you that information. Uh, David, I know you just spoke in the last hour when um, uh, Brad was speaking. I'll go ahead and pass you the the mic. We just have to keep it around 60 seconds because there's a lot of people that want to speak. Go ahead.
2: Yes, Barbara. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I, I tuned into your message. And honestly, I relate to it because I feel like I'm moving at warp speed at this point. And honestly, I'm curious. I have a question for you, Barbara, if you don't mind me asking. I've been uh, using red light therapy lately, and it's been really helping my, my brain and how it's flowing. But uh, yeah, if you guys want to follow me also, my name's David Sherwin, and I uh, appreciate the time, Barbara, and uh, passing the mic back to you
1: um david i i i I do not practice red light therapy you know for me it's daily exercise it's watching what i eat i do a lot of supplements and now i've just gotten involved with 10x health Um, i wouldn't say i've gotten involved but i um, started working in their space i love integrative medicine which is a little bit of holistic medicine and modern day modalities and um, i've been doing vitamin infusions that has been unbelievable for me And I love, love, love their philosophies. I am a stage three cancer survivor. So um, optimizing my health and being a single mom of three kids um, is a high, high priority of mine. And uh, next week I turn 49 and my plan is to show up 50 uh, in the best shape and wellness of my life so um guys let's get back to this conversation why do so many people settle for average and anybody else want to un and dan i just read your um back channel you did beat me in tennis but i did beat you in the swim so who else wanted to hey, jump in morning, good morning barbara tracy oh Ooh, tracy camille david i'm gonna go tracy
5: camille david uh take it from there good morning breakfast with champions barbara Wow, what a interesting topic this morning. And Brian, you know, people settle because they're afraid of failing. Like you said earlier, they're afraid of what people think of them. And Napoleon Hill talks about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich, about people being held hostage by the fear of other people's opinion. And I just love what you said about that uh, when you said, Other people's opinions won't put food on your table. That is so true. We have to let go of that fear of what other people think. It's not serving you. Do what you feel is best for you. Step outside of your comfort zone because we all know there is no growth in your comfort zone. So we absolutely have to let go of the fear of other people's opinion. It's the biggest thing that holds people back. And you have to get out of that comfort zone. You have to do what's uncomfortable because that's how you grow. I'm growing every day. I mean, I, I'm speaking on stage on Monday with Les Brown. I had to step out of my comfort zone. To that's do pretty that. cool.
2: man. That's pretty cool.
5: I well, that's not, amazing. Uh, Tracy, I congrats. Not, Thank you. I would not be speaking on stage with Les Brown if I did not step out of my comfort zone. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We only have so much time on this earth. We only have so much time on this earth, people. You have to get out there, be great, do what makes you happy, and don't worry about what other people think. Because like Barbara said, they're not putting food on your table so do you (laughs) folks do you do what makes you happy be great and get out of your comfort zone
1: i love it tracy and congratulations again i'm really happy for you i'm grateful our paths have crossed not only here on this app but in person uh i i can't wait to see the replay congratulations camille over to you and then david
4: hey y'all it's camille coming to you live from toronto canada first and foremost tracy congratulations on this milestone, this huge milestone for you, you're, it's much deserving, you're awesome. And I'm also blessed that I had the opportunity to meet and greet with you in person as well. So um, congratulations to you for that one. Um, I absolutely love this topic because it actually speaks right to me. I just finished reading uh, Sharon Lecter's book, uh, Three Feet From Gold, and it really showed me that a lot of people stay like to stay in average for a few things. One is, they're, yes, they're limiting beliefs. And how much their thoughts, what they put in their minds, it lies to them. And because it lies to them, they start to believe it and then stop doing the things that they need to do. And one of the biggest thing lies that our mind does is the perception that we have on other people. We'll look with our eyes because, you know, I always say sometimes our eyes do tell lies. And we'll see somebody else in this position that that we want to be in and say, you know what, they got this because they're lucky. They did this because, you know what, they're they they're fortunate they don't see that it took 30, 40, 10, how many years of failures before that they were able to achieve the outcome that they have. So what they do is, you know what? They say, I failed once. That person probably never failed, but I can't do it. So I'm just content with how I'm living and this is how I'm gonna live. Unbeknownst to them that they were only three feet from goal if they had just kept on going, if they had kept on stepping into their talents, their passion, they're taking i mean being around individuals that can elevate them such as these rooms here these rooms here and breakfast with champions and other rooms that we have on this amazing app allows us to get the associations that we would never be able to in our average environment we don't no longer can we say that our environment is the reason as to why we're not being able to get in front of individuals it's just like what brad said a lot of people that have made it certain places, like the places of where they're at They want to hear, how may I serve you? And all you need to do is ask. And so it's even those that they don't want to ask and get out of that being average because they feel like as if they can't because their thoughts are lying to them. So instead, we have to remember 80% of our thoughts don't really actually like those negative thoughts come true. So let's defy them, step into our greatness and get rid of those limiting beliefs and take action on the goals that you desire and always keep the faith. I love this room. I love you guys all for bringing light into my life. I haven't been feeling well this last week, but through everything and through my perseverance, I still get up and I still get it done. And I just wanted to say it's because my eyes now are seeing the perseverance of all of you amazing individuals who have told the stories of failures and (coughs) adversities and have still been able to show up each and every day. This is Camille coming to you live from Toronto, Canada believe in yourself you truly 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 got this i got this now let's go
1: camille thank you so much and i hope you uh i hope you're feeling better i didn't know you were uh, under under the weather Well, still stay healthy and you know as always stay gorgeous my friend uh david want to throw the mic to you
3: barb good morning how are you living my
1: best life if you're following me on instagram you know i am
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know what we you'd have to know what's good for i mean Listen, you would be absolutely stark raving mad to not follow Barb on Instagram. Um, I thought when you met when you were saying world tour, the first thing I thought of, by the way, when when I saw that was was that it was starting in Saint Bart's and you were going to be going from there to other other, other islands. islands. Yes, that's right. That's I next there was year. Be that's the, my the Caribbean Caribbean world tour. Um, but you know, there's as you know, I do this coaching call every the Friday. I've, I've worked with over three thousand people in the last year. And a lot more than that in my 40-plus years in, in uh, business. And one of the things that I've noticed that I think is is interesting is that nearly everybody, I would probably venture to say 98% of people, uh, undervalue themselves tremendously. Um, so whether, whether it's somebody who's interviewing them uh, for a job right now, or I hear all the time from solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, when they talk about, how they're pricing something. I was just dealing with somebody who had a, an agency and they were lamenting about the fact that, you know, well, they were almost, it's interesting. They were lamenting about the fact that they're not making as much as they should, but at the same time, they were proud of the fact that, hey, I, I over-deliver in value. I over-deliver, over-deliver, over-deliver. And that sounds good. It's great to over-deliver, but if you think about it, if any of you are over delivering in value, doesn't it logically also say that you're undervaluing yourself? I mean, if I'm giving you $100 an hour in value and getting paid $20 bucks an hour, aren't I getting underpaid? So, and don't get me wrong, I come from the belief system that you're not going to get to 100 bucks an hour unless you're doing $100 an hour work. You're not going to just automatically move from 10, 20, 30, 50 up there. You've got to do that. But I think it's just incredibly interesting. I, I you know, I met recently a couple of people on the real estate side, just by happenstance, having dinner by myself, and same thing. We got into a conversation, and they start lamenting about, you know, the fact that the competition that's out there, and and you know how tough it is to make money, and so that they've reduced their rates. And rather than saying, you know, I absolutely, I'm not a low cost provider. I'm not going to get into the weeds. I'm not going to do the race to the bottom. I am going to value myself where I should be because I deliver a higher level of service than anybody else that you're going to deal with in in selling your home. And it just seems like we default there. So that's that's one thing. The second thing I've noticed is for a lot of people, good is good enough. And, you know, great never has like Jim Collins said in his great book. God darn it! What was the name of that book? Uh, From good, good to, great. to great. Good to great. Yeah, thank you, Brian. From good to great. One of my favorite books. If you just buy that book, the first sentence of that book is worth the price of admission. It says, "Good is the enemy of great." Like I'm going to stick that on the wall in my kid's room. Good is the enemy of great. If you think good is good enough, great is off the table. Great never is going to happen. And I really believe that most people think good is good enough. And and by the way. We tend to set goals oftentimes that are easy. I would rather hit eighty percent of audacious than hundred percent of safe. For a couple reasons. Number one, it's you know it's easy to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I got up at three forty-five this morning. When you have when you're chasing great, when you're chasing audacious, you're not going to get up at four o'clock in the morning when you're chasing safe. So your whole mindset shifts. But beyond that, you know, once you chase good and you hit good, you're kind of cementing in your brain when you think about it, that good is good enough. You're not likely to go out and set a good goal, a good goal, a good goal, and all of a sudden put an audacious one out there. So I really do believe that we are programmed, but we're programmed by ourselves. And I think the irony, what I've learned is that in almost every case, It's not the market who establishes our value. It's not the market who establishes our price, regardless of who you're competing with, it's us who establishes that. And when somebody thinks about that, if they don't have the mindset, if they don't have if they're not chasing great, if they undervalue themselves, you know, it's it becomes very easy to settle. So I'll leave it there.
1: David, I absolutely love that. It's you know doing what's right and what's easy. They're not always on the same on the same path, and one is going to get you one set of results, and the other is going to get you other results. You know, I was just I, before you got in here, I shared just a very basic story of, you know, listen, I'm we're doing this ninety day challenge. We work out every single day. It's a a crew of uh, about fifty of us that have committed to 90 straight days of exercising from March 1st until Memorial Day, a minimum of 30 30 minutes a day breaking a sweat. And I made the commitment, I'm like, this is not easy, but it is definitely something I can do. And yesterday I was in a mood and I was exhausted and my kids were all over the place and I was balancing just, you know, one of those days where you are just like, in the weeds. I was in the weeds. I could not see the forest through the trees. I had too much to do and not enough time. And all three kids were off school. And I was like, all right, well, I I can just take my mulligan today. And I was, I just wasn't motivated. And I saw this great quote. I was like, when you're, you know, how do you stay motivated? And you don't stay motivated. You tap into Commitment and consistency, and you do the things. And because I did that, you know, and as soon as I got out there, four minutes of the the fresh air and the movement, I was like, and my music was going. I was like, all right, I'm so glad I did this. But what I I love to teach is that it would be okay if if I don't hit the ninety and I fall short. It's okay. That's that's good enough. But I if I can. and it's in my full jurisdiction, I'm going for great. I'm going to go for what is not easy but is excellent. I'm gonna go for the brass ring every single time if it is in my full jurisdiction and my full authority, unless there's like some sort of, you know, fire going on. I'm like, no, this excuse, this is my mind fatiguing and nothing else. This is a mood trying to sabotage greatness. And I am not going, I'm not in the mood to sabotage my greatness. You know, Barb? Yeah.
3: This is really part, I don't want want this to be glossed over. You just said something, it's a big deal you know our mind will fatigue our mind will make that choice before you physically do right and and it's so interesting that we will go through life and we will convince ourselves because we're too busy because we have too much going on you know because we've got our kids at home because we have you know our work here because we have this that that it's not an option we can't do it and you know Brian's talked about before the 5am club and the consistency that it takes, and and I was just sitting here thinking, Brian, that you know, uh, I don't know if you if you started, I know you did uh, seventy five hard uh, at least six times, and you didn't make it through. But I can't help but think about all the people that made it through seventy five hard, and then they stopped. That was it, man. That was the last chapter. That was it. And I would rather do Brian. whereas Brian? I'm looking at him still every day on Instagram doing 365 hard. Yeah, 365 like you're doing 365 days, you're doing yeah, 365 uh, hard. Yeah,
2: and, and you know, and I I didn't want to lower the bar for myself to say that I did 75 hard. You know, the I I made the mistake of the two separate workouts being killers and I and I just knocked myself out. and, and you know, understand this that it's going to get done and I'm right about there. Now we've stepped up the game on on what we're doing, but it is about you know the the whole object of 75 Hard is not to do the 75 days and out, is to create lifestyle changes that can take you uh, to wherever you want to go. And you know, I know the bet you know, a couple of these best things I've ever done in my life, and one of them was to run my first uh, marathon, and it was a god awful time of four hours and 45 minutes or something like that. But I, I, I was forever forever changed. I was a different person on the other side of that uh, because I never thought that I could do it and that caused me to realize what else did I never think I could do that I could do and so for for people that are taking Barbara's 90-day challenge or 75 hard, the object of well, you know it's like that the object of dancing is not to finish dancing. That's not why you dance Barbara and Dan are in St. Martin. I can't wait, wait to dance so we can finish dancing. No it's to enjoy that process and to be transformed by that process. And and so 75 heart is not about 75 heart. It's about you realizing, holy oh, shit, I can't read me. these ten pages. Of, oh my God. And I'm smarter now. Holy what 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 if I do it another 75 days? I'm gonna be so much smarter. I started making more money. I started looking better. I started feeling better. I started impacting people. When do you want to stop, stop
0: that? that?
2: Oh, I crossed the seventy-five heart, I'm done. I can go back to being a slob and living on the couch and eating Doritos. No, no, that's that's not it, you know? So, you know, I, I think you're right, David. I
3: well, think also yeah. the, the perspective too, Brian, is, is I've sitting here thinking like, I've never run a marathon to this day. I've run half marathons, uh, but I've never run the half. I mean, the, the full, and I got done with the half and each and every time I, got, I would get done with the half and you'd run through that mini finish line. And I'd go, yeah. I could still keep going, but I didn't. But uh, the, I, and so I never made it through. I don't know what that, what that's like, but I am sitting here thinking four hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, I get that that, you know, doesn't sound epic, but it's still roughly six miles an hour. Six miles an hour for 26 miles, six to six and a half miles an hour. For those of us that run on a treadmill, you know, six and a half, six, six and a half miles per hour is, you know, that's a pace. No, no,
2: no, wait a second now, brother. Don't bless you paint me as that guy.
3: You know, I did I did my, my best was three fourteen
2: eleven. That's that's my seven, point. That's a seven uh seven uh, minute nineteen second mile uh for 26.2 uh six point two miles. I did stop at mile fifteen, I'm mean, excuse me at mile uh twenty five to give my wife and kids a hug and say hello and she's like, Go, 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 go. And I, I looked at my wife and said, Baby I got a record in the books, man. It's done. <laughs> it's done. And, and, and I contrast the two me, right? The two me. And I tell you this, running the 7-minute, 19-second pace was easier than running the 4-hour and 45-minute marathon because I was better prepared and trained. Yeah, well, I get I, it.
1: I will say this. I ran the New York City Marathon twice, and I have absolutely no idea what my time was. I went in it for the experience and finishing what I started, being a person that could set big, audacious goals and follow through. I'm not I'm not a runner. I'm not, and I, you know, even to this day, I'm like, I don't know, do you consider me a runner? But I, I wanted to do it, but I honestly, did you, to did God. You put
2: sne- did you put sneakers on? And did I you put move, sneakers on, and, you, and, and I took pictures. Put, did, did you move one foot <laughs> in front of the other?
1: I moved I put one foot in front of the other and I stopped somewhere then, around then, miles. Sounds like a
2: runner hey, to me. You are a runner. I, I am like a runner a, to me. Runner. <laughs> you, you
1: and you know, know, I just want to share this that you know, I, I just encourage more people to set those goals and then just start moot putting on the sneakers, whether it's running or going back into school, taking a course and staying persistent and persevering through those the you talk about it the muscles of the mundane and doing it i'm really proud of those two marathons but brian i don't know did i do it in four hours i don't know did i didn't i made well, the well, newspaper it's funny. It's funny. i made the newspaper. It's, I finished yeah. both of them yes thank yeah, you. It's
2: funny you you say that. Mm-hmm. last year's last year's november marathon was my uh, I, I think it was my best marathon ever no 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 not in terms of time uh but but it was the most difficult to complete and I, I like you, Barbara, I couldn't tell you, people ask me what was your time, I I, I don't know. I don't know, I mean, I, it was, you know, I, my, I, I got busted up at my, like 17 or, and I ran into my wife, who I didn't know was gonna be there in Clementine, had a, an emotional moment, said, I'm done, let's go. And she said, no, 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 you said you're gonna get her the medal, go. And I'm like, babe, and she said, and she said go. And I, I looked at my watch and I said, I'll see you in about two and a half hours. And, uh, and more. <laughs> And, and there is nothing that felt better than, mm-hmm. than, than crossing after you know whatever the time was. Didn't look at my watch. And my buddy William was waiting at my apartment. Uh, my, my wife was at a, a hotel next to it. And my buddy William said, man, I'm proud of you. You did it. You did it. And I, I was all uh, effed up, swollen, and, and I couldn't move. And, and that's hey, what life is about, man. It's that failure. Yes.